Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody out there listening, and welcome to Shouting Into the Void, our nerdy little podcast where we answer the hypothetical questions you never even knew that you had. My name is Mike. And I'm Cody. And this week's question is, who would you pick for your small council? Bum, bum, ba-da, bum, bum, Dude, bum, I was bum, just bum, about bum. to do start singing that. <laughs> You can tell with House of the Dragon. They're like, shit, what are we going to use for the intro? <laughs> I know. How are people going to know this is a Game of Thrones show? <laughs> we have to use it. All right, folks. Before we get into talking about the small council and our choices, We've got some business to take care of, like usual. Folks, if you enjoy this podcast, if you think this is funny or informative or you think you got better picks than we do, let us know by interacting with us on social media. We would really, really value any kind of interaction, a like, a follow, a share, a subscribe, a comment, a rating, a review, anything like that. It's three seconds of your life to hit a like button. It inconveniences billions of electrons and <laughs> gives us that small little hit of dopamine that we crave ever so much. Yeah. It helps out the show a lot. Helps That's us get in front of more people. That's it's right. Good. Feeds the algorithm. That's right. Uh, algorithm. We're nothing before the algorithm. Um, <laughs> the second way that you can help support the pod is by word of mouth. If you have friends, family, coworkers, roommates, pets, mortal enemies, that you think would enjoy the podcast, let them know. Share it with your gaming group. Share it with your beer league softball team. Share it with your golf partner. Share it with whoever in your life is a connoisseur and consumer of nerdy content. We would very much appreciate it. We get a lot of new listeners that way, and it is one of the best ways that we can grow, which, much like some kind of hive mind, is our primary objective to grow. So if you can help us grow, it means a ton. And there is one final way that you can help us grow that Cody usually talks about. So I'm going to let him talk about it. Let's do it. Uh, the last way you can support the show, if you have the means and the want to do so, uh, you can support us financially through Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon. You can uh, you can join in on that. We have one tier. It's $5 a month. And for your 5 bucks a month, you get a bunch of benefits. Um, some of the Kind of smaller benefits are uh, some Discord roles and a, a more open line to speaking to me and Mike and kind of taking part in any discussions that happen over there on the Patreon, being part of that kind of small community um, of uh, some of our VIP members over there. Uh, and then the big thing, the big one, is that you get an extra bonus episode every week. That's so right. Regular episodes come out on Mondays and the bonus episodes come out on Fridays. Uh, they're at least a half hour long. Um, and we just kind of talk about whatever we feel like over there. It's all still the kind of nerdy topics that you enjoy talking about Pokemon or Magic the Gathering or Dungeons and Dragons and all that good stuff. Yep. Um, Marvel. Uh, we do a bunch of lore dumps and just kind of updates on what we're watching or listening to or reading at the time. Um, we have a lot of fun over there. It's a little more uh, loosely focused. Um, we don't ask questions like we kind of do on the main episodes, uh, but we have a good time just kind of talking over there. More of 
me and Mike talking about the things we love. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We have, I think, 41 episodes over there now. So uh, your first your first $5 a month pledge uh, is good for the entire back catalog. So you'll get a whole bunch of content. Um, and, you know, if you, if you join for a month and and listen to it, listen to the back catalog and uh, you end up canceling or or anything like that, it's no skin off our backs. We appreciate the time that you spent there with us. And, Feel free to uh, Disney Plus Happy us. to have you. Feel yep. free to buy it, binge it, and cancel. We are okay yeah. with that. We they, recognize uh, that the times are changing and want to emphasize, don't feel obligated. If you don't have the means or what have you, do not feel obligated to support us financially. It is out of the goodness of your hearts, and we thank all of our patrons who choose to do so. And like most good subscription peddlers, our first episode is free over there. So if you go over there and check it out, uh, you can listen to the first one for free. And uh, I'm not even sure what the first one is. I think you I talked about... I think it's Knights of the Old Republic. It is Knights of the Old Republic. So you can go listen to Mike kind of convince me about a really good game. I have been... I bought it on Switch and I've been playing the shit out of it. It is... It's great on Switch. It's real good. Yeah. So you can go check out that episode. It's absolutely free. See if it's something that you're into. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Let us know. But back to what they came here for. We're going to talk small council. Folks, we're talking Game of Thrones. In Game of Thrones, the small council is essentially the president's cabinet, but it is the king's council. They are individuals asked to serve on the council by the king or queen, and they perform advisory roles and administration roles. So much like the U.S. has an attorney general or secretary of education, secretary of energy, things like that, uh, the small council has various members too. So uh, do we want to quickly go through the positions in question and just give like a couple sentence overview of what they do? And then get into the rules for our challenge here. That sounds good. (laughs) Right. So the first role is the, uh, we'll say master of coin. They are in charge of trade. They are in charge of coinage. They're in charge of the royal treasury. They are in charge of lending and borrowing with foreign nations, taxes, things of that nature. Anything financial, master of coin is about it, right? Yep. They travel around to other nations and broker trade deals. They administrate all of that stuff. Um, Master of ships. That's what it says on the box. They're the master of ships. Uh, (laughs) Naval combat, naval trade, port authority, everything like that. Mainly from what I've seen has a lot to do with not only the construction of ships and levying of sailors, but mainly like military tactics, deployment of fleets, coordinating and commanding battles. They're... That sort of thing as well. Yeah, they also deal with some merchant routes that we've seen a little Trade more in, in House of the Dragon uh, yes. than in Game of Thrones, but it's definitely a part of that role. Corliss Valerian, badass. He's, badass. he's pretty cool. Very good. Uh, the next one is the Grand Maester. King of the Nerds. Chain hang low. Yep. Uh, they are chosen by the uh, educated uh, maesters, Basically, they're like professors, doctors, advisors. Um, it's kind of like the Pope of academia, kind of. A little like, bit, yeah. They get elected to the position by their fellows, so the king doesn't get to choose their own Grand Maester. Correct. Um, next one, Master of Laws. 
does what it says on the box, kind of the a mix of like the highest court in the land, attorney general, Supreme Court. You know, yep. they're in charge of interpreting laws, presiding over important cases, enforcing the law to an in, extent. To an extent, yes, enforcing the law. Uh, Master of Whispers, you want to speak about that one? Sure, Master of Whispers kind of almost does what it says on the box. It's uh, basically your information network. So the Master of Whispers uh, kind of keeps tabs on what's going on in the realm, keeps everyone informed of uh, kind of what's happening uh, in the kingdom and in the seven kingdoms, uh, and sometimes even across the Narrow Sea. Um, yep. where it where it seems fit uh doing their best to protect the king's interest and the crown's interests uh making sure that there's no like uprisings being talked about or anything like that um basically they gather information and share information they're yes, information the, the, brokers the master of whispers is the queen's eyes and ears they are yep. her spy master uh what about the lord commander of the king's guard lord Lord Commander of the Guard, the King or Queen's Guard. There we go. Uh, they are the leader of the, uh, basically, the people in charge of protecting the King or Queen. Uh, they are a basically the leader of your secret service, as it would be, uh, to mm -hmm. make it a, an American... Uh, analogy. Analogy, yeah. Yep. You um, Basically, what, there's seven of them? Is that right? There are seven knights on the King or Queen's Guard, yes. And the and then, Lord Commander is one of them. And then, obviously, that being the highest role within that uh, that organization, they are privy to the discussions of the small council and get to uh, take part in those meetings and, uh, you know, make sure that the King or Queen is not in any danger. That's right. And not only that, but they also keep the record of everything a member of the Kingsguard has done in the mm -hmm. white book. And uh, that is kind of the codex or history of the King or Queen's guard. They also assign and direct the other members. So the King or Queen's guard guards the rest of the Royal family as well. Correct. At, at the Lord commanders and the, the monarch's discretion. And the last one hand of the King. Hand of the King. This is basically your vice president analogy. Yep. Um, the Hand of the King has a horrible job where they get to, uh, basically they lead over the small council. Um, they conduct the meetings uh, when the king or queen is not present. Uh, and they basically carry out the wants or needs of the king or queen. So uh, I forget what the quote exactly is, but it's something to the effect of the the king speaks it and the hand carries it out. Right. Uh, it's, it is regarded by many people as a very important job, but not a job that many people want to do. Um, mm -hmm. That, that quote hits, hits the nail right on the head. When the monarch wants something done, the hand is responsible for figuring out how it's going to be done and implementing it, Correct. whether that's through the rest of the small council or otherwise. So they also they also yeah. tend to when the king or queen isn't at the small council meetings they also tend to have the king or queen's ear in uh you know the monarch's ear in presenting information. Yep. Right. And they also bringing, serve bringing the news of the council to the to, the, to monarch. the monarch. They also serve in place of the monarch when the monarch is not 
at Very true. King's Landing. Yep. So like if you're out on a hunt or you're up visiting the wall, your hand of the king is or queen is ruling in your absence. Yep. So it's very vice presidential in that way. Definitely. So with all of those roles in mind, Cody and I have gone through and made some draft picks of our own. We have not communicated them with each other. And we're going to present our small councils to each other. Uh, we had a few ground rules. Uh, first of which was no duplicate universes, right? Right. Right. So you, you couldn't just pick an all Harry Potter small council. Like, right. Or an all Game of Thrones small council. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I tried very hard to avoid anyone from Game of Thrones, actually. I, I picked no one from Game of Thrones. Okay. So that's clear. Um, so no duplicate universes. So no two people from mine or yours can be from the same universe. I suspect we're going to have some overlap of universes across our lists. Maybe. But. I'd be surprised. Oh boy. All right. Um, the next rule was since the position of Grand Maester is not filled by the king or queen, the maester is elected by their own peers. To simulate that, we are, are picking maesters for each other. <laughs> Correct. There's a potentially some sabotage here, uh, but you know, all of these other positions that we've talked about are pretty much handpicked by the king, by the monarch. Right. Um, they are assigned to these roles or kind of asked slash told to take these roles. Um, so everyone else gets to be picked by the monarch except the maester. So in order to simulate that, Mike and I have chosen ones for each other. Um, mine's not super mean or anything. I think the I, person I, I, I chose picked... is yeah. pretty good. I, I picked a maester that I would like to have. <laughs> okay, I don't know that I did that. <laughs> I might have sabotaged you a little bit more than that. Well, but I don't. I, I didn't pick someone who couldn't do the job. I, I picked someone who can definitely do the job, and I'm sent. We. I, I assumed that the maesters would send King Cody first of his name their best. <laughs> I I chose someone who is fully capable of the job, but potentially a little unhinged. Yeah, that's fine. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of written into the maesters, if you ask me. I mean, we'll we'll see. Uh, so the other rule is at the end of the segment here, we will decide which member of our own small council is most likely to betray us. Because yeah. Game of Thrones is all about backstabbing and betrayal. And uh, yeah, that I mean that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, we I want to do Hand of the King last. Okay. Uh, and we are going to use hand of the king in this episode because cody and i are both male and we will be referring to we one would... another and ourselves as kings in this episode uh doesn't yes, mean king. that yes king slay um <laughs> hey do you hear about those woke brits they're gonna make a man <laughs> queen can you I believe know. that can't believe it Fuck that. how dare they how dare they anyway um so i want to start with some of these others that might not be as exciting uh before we start, was there one for you that was like hardest to fill or hardest to think of people for? Great question. I think probably one of the tougher ones for me was King, the head of the King's Guard. That one was that was probably second or third toughest for me, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also struggled a little bit with coin. Coin was a tough one for a little bit, but I figured it out eventually. Laws was the hardest for me. Really? Yeah. So, uh I think you will understand why laws was pretty easy for me. 
Well, uh, I, we, I worry we that we might have picked it. we might have picked the same person for loss. <laughs> There's no fucking way you chose who I chose. There's no way. Okay, fair. Uh, and I tried to keep most of my people like not omnipotent, right? So like, yes, we we talked about this off screen. Um, we didn't pick like Superman for head of my bodyguards because fuck right. you, no one can beat Superman. Like, that's not the way we approach this. <laughs> Correct. I, I went with ability to do this job, whether or not they have magic powers or they're an immortal robot or something is irrelevant. I'm hiring them based on their CV for this job. <laughs> yeah, I I am right there with you. Some of my characters are very powerful. As um, some are some are mine are as well. But I did. I chose them for for reasons other than that. Right. Um, All right. Where do we want to start? <laughs> I. I wanted to ask you how you want to do this. Do we want to go through all of yours, then all of mine, or do we want to? I, no, I I think we pick a roll and we go okay. back and forth. So like, if we start with your whatever, then the next, then I talk about mine, and then I pick the next roll, talk about mine. We snake draft it. Okay, so let's let's go alphabetical. So let's go coin, Kingsguard, laws, uh, ships, whispers, and then we'll end on hand. Okay. Oh, uh, Maester's in there. I fucked up Maester. As but... long as you can remember that, I'll try. Coin. What was coin was one. Uh, so it, coin first. Kingsguard then second. Kingsguard. And no, Grand Maester. Or are we just saying Maester? Maester's M. We'll just go Maester. Okay. K L is laws. Uh, laws. Welcome to letters into the void. Then Maester. Then. What comes next Next after Maester will be ships. ships. And then Whispers. And then we'll end on Hand, even though it's not alphabetical. And then Hand. Okay, I got it. All right, I also I got have it. scribed it. down. All right, well, go ahead and start with your Master of Coin. <laughs> well, this is a horrible spot for me to start because I'm definitely starting, I feel like, with a character that you do not know. That's fine. Um, and... Uh, the character I have chosen for Master of Coin is Knuckle from Hunter Hunter. Okay, I have heard of Hunter Hunter. Okay, I have been told to watch Hunter Hunter. I have not watched Hunter Hunter. It's I'm one sorry. of my so I, to bury jump the shark, bury my lead a little bit. Your boy's been watching a lot of anime on the road, and Fuck so yeah. I have picked an entire anime cast for my uh, for my small council. Oh shit. So these are all characters from anime. Holy shit. Okay, I we we have a couple that might overlap then. Okay, I have the Weeb Council here. <laughs> uh, and Knuckle is my choice for Maester of Coin. Small um, Council. <laughs> uh his last name I think is uh Bine, I think is how they pronounce it. It's B I N E and I can't I'm not sure how they pronounce it to be honest. Yep. They just call him Knuckle for the most part and sure. I'm just going to call him Knuckle. All right. Uh so Knuckle has uh, kind of walked the line between being a a good guy and a bad guy in the in the anime. Um, he's uh, shown up only a little later. I think he shows up in uh, like the third arc. Okay. Uh, so like third season onwards, I think he's around. Uh, but one reason that I chose him is that he has a very interesting nen. Uh, and Nen is basically, think of it, I mean, it's just what they call, it's their anime bullshit. You know, sure. it's basically it's their their, ma their magic power kind of thing. 
their their bailiwick, their wheelhouse, their abilities. Yep. And so he, uh, besides his physical combat skills, whatever. uh, So his net ability, basically, when he strikes someone, this little robot pops up and it's called APR uh, or uh, Amortizing Power Redirector. And basically, zero percent APR financing. So this guy literally taxes the other guy's nen. So he like starts to bring down their power level. And every oh. every so often, this little guy, this APR dude, it looks like a little robot type of thing that like hovers around whoever he's fighting. Mm-hmm. It rolls up interest, and it just starts to fucking get compound power, compounds interest, and it eventually will quote unquote bankrupt the people who he uh strikes and takes away all of their power okay. um once he is t- taken away all of their power apr transforms into irs or individual ren suppressor uh, which is <laughs> a demon-like mascot that follows the debtor around and forces them into a continuous state of basically not having their nen it completely shuts them down locks them down Basically, you get bankrupt uh, by the by the loan that Damn. Knuckle you, has you, taken up. You get like magic bankrupt, power bankrupt. Like you don't, you're not able to use your powers. Correct. And so the reason I chose Knuckle is basically what we have just said. He's very good <laughs> at the math involved with the rolling interest. Uh, I believe APR would be able to help him greatly in determining the best way to like either pay off loans or give loans as the king or as the master of coin. Um, and uh, yeah, I think just kind of the nature of his ability gives him a... Uh, an edge. Kind of an edge in you know accounting and financing. Well, if, especially if he's doing all of the math behind these like power calculations. So I wouldn't say he is, but APR definitely is. does. Okay. Yes. So everyone thinks Knuckle is the master of coin. But really, <laughs> it's his little robot APR that's doing all of it. And I kind of love the idea of this because APR is basically a, like a little robot calculator thing. Sure. And so I just love the idea where like he has to like whisper back behind his shoulder or whatever and be like, how long is it going to take us to pay this off? And and APR has got to be like, "Mm, I'm calculating. And then just gives him some kind of number. Uh, There you go. And uh, I just like the idea too, that because this is kind of a medieval society that you basically get a calculator, which I feel like would help a master of coin immensely. (laughs) Getting a calculator in Westeros is overpowered as shit. It's a super (laughs) abacus. Um, that's a solid pick. It's a character I didn't know, but you did a really good job of explaining why their powers would make them a very good master of coin. Yeah, it's uh, and I found the name of his power. It's called Hackoware. Hackoware, love it. It's, <laughs> it's very that sounds very My Hero Academia with the quirk names and stuff like a that. A little bit, like, yeah. Yep. Which we still have to do an episode on, by the way. For sure. Um, gotta get Haley on. Gotta get Haley on for that. Uh. My master of coin, I if I were a betting man and mm-hmm. I was going to take a bet on which individual has made the most money across all video games. Oh, boy. This individual has raised a business empire from a small, humble shop up through 
like tour agencies, airlines, things like that. This individual is none other than the central villain of the Animal Crossing series, Tom Nook. I knew we were getting into Tom Nook here. (laughs) Tom Nook is a raccoon. He is also (laughs) your fucking predatory lender in Animal Crossing. And if you take the number (laughs) of people that have played Animal Crossing times the amount of money that the average player pays to Tom Nook, I'm pretty sure he's the richest motherfucker in video games. Yeah, I was uh, I was torn when you first started putting this out there, whether it was going to be Tom Nook or whether it was going to be Scrooge McDuck. He was my backup. (laughs) (laughs) But I figured Tom Nook. He is say what you want, but when you're talking about a cutthroat, capitalistic, feudal society, Mm -hmm. that is his element. That is where he will thrive. And. I just, I love the mental image of everyone sitting around the small council table and this like animated raccoon sits down and is like, (laughs) 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 and everyone just nods and is like, excellent, excellent, very good, Mr. Nook. (laughs) I I love the idea too that like nobody really knows what he is. (laughs) He's some sort of weird creature, but like the, the mental image of like the, the King pounding their fist on the table and being like, tell me you've managed to fuck those bravosi bastards on that loan. They swindled us into. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for you, Tom. Thank the seven for you. (laughs) Um, He's just incredibly good at business. He, moves money around. He can move goods around like none other. He's got his sons that work in his shop that are basically extensions of himself business wise. Mm-hmm. Like he's like the Walmart of animal crossing. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And this he, is, anything, this is a great pick. Anything you want or need, he can get for a price. Everything's like, got a price in Tom Nook's world. Yes, it does. So Tom Nook, the, the raccoon the capitalist from Crossing, raccoon the, the capitalist motherfucking raccoon is my <laughs> master of coin very good oh, i, I want to that's the other thing i wanted to say is like as a as a caveat here right like we are assuming that all of these individuals will cooperate with us and with each other at least to the extent that they do in game of thrones so like yeah there I mean, may they be some have to right yeah in game of thrones yeah, yeah. there may the be King... some betrayal down the line but like they all are trying to appear like they're playing for the same team. Right. Right. All right. Good of the crown for the good of the crown. Uh, Speaking of, for the good of the crown, uh, since the next one's Kingsguard and we're doing a snake draft, I get to talk. Um, Okay, go ahead. I have chosen for the Lord commander of my Kingsguard, none other than Alex Luis Armstrong, the strong arm alchemist from full metal alchemist brotherhood. Very good. So we have, not again to bury my lead a little bit. We have overlapped here, but not on the character. On the universe. On the universe. Right. Alex Luis Armstrong is a state alchemist of a mistress in the Full Metal Alchemist anime. He is essentially imagine a Viking in like a military uniform. He is rippling with muscles. He is a very large human being. He looks intimidating as all get out. But he is such a kind-hearted, passionate, caring person, and he is dedicated to his friends and to his duty. He wants fiercely loyal. Fiercely loyal. You will not find a more loyal friend 
than mm-hmm. Armstrong himself. Um, he is like intensely motivated by holding up his family name. His name means everything to him. His honor means everything to him. And he is shown to have discretion, which you need in a Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. He thrives in a sort of rigid military environment. He would not shirk from his duties. And he is an excellent judge of character. Uh, And so I'm confident that he would pick a solid rest of the Kingsguard for me. Uh, Definitely. As an alchemist, his powers are mainly... uh, You see him do a lot of stone-based alchemy where he like forms bricks into a fist with spikes and like shoots it at people. Um, He's also a fierce physical combatant because again, he is just a rippling block of muscle. Yeah. He's Um, a brick shit house. He's built as fuck. You've chosen Uh, the full metal alchemist equivalent of like the mountain here. Yeah. Or Brock Lesnar. Like, yeah, (laughs) um, that's my, that's the Lord commander of my Kingsguard, like standing behind me at the small council. Very good. I like this a lot. We've nope. gone we've gone in a real similar direction here. Okay. Uh, because my Lord Commander is maybe pandering a little bit, but I have chosen none other than Colonel Roy Mustang. Ooh. Don't go picking one of my favorite characters in all of <laughs> fiction at me, man. Don't don't do this to me. <laughs> my boy Roy. <laughs> Roy is a flame-based alchemist. Um he is a uh, basically the leader of the state alchemists. uh, More or less, yes. At kind of the point where I'm at anyway. Yep. Uh, He is an officer anyway. Um, Is a incredible commander and leader, which is why I chose him. I think even if uh, his abilities or maybe some of his decision-making may fall short, um, and it, it, honestly, it, I don't, think it would but even if it did he would have backup and contingency plans out the ass he's a great leader of people and would have a loyal fiercely loyal following of six other knights behind him i mean voiced by travis willingham so like he's got that gravitas (laughs) and i mean his uh his whole thing right is he wants to become the the what is it is it fuhrer fuhrer king yep uh, and I mean, that kind of drive, uh, I think is going to lead to him doing the best job that he is capable of. Yep. And you also know that he will keep you on the straight and narrow because if he doesn't agree with your policies, he's going to be like, this might be the one that I vote for most likely to betray you if, but that's only with the asterisk if you start fucking up. <laughs> right. Right. He's definitely going to keep, uh, you know that I guess that is kind of one little flaw of his is that he does have a strong set of his own ideals. Sure, um, uh, he is fiercely loyal, but like you oh, said, incredible. he's not afraid to uh, speak his mind if he feels like you're fucking up. He he would be a very good gut check, a uh, good conscience. Like he's the kind that would speak up to the ruler when it's just the two of them and be like you're not really going to do that. Right. Like cause right. You, you're, you're not seriously considering what they presented to you today. That's bullshit. And you know, it's bullshit. And you're like, damn it, Roy. I know <laughs> um, his powers. Yeah. He's a flame alchemist. Um, have they, have you learned the secret of flame alchemy, how it's done? I have not. I'm not okay. far enough in the, an- in this anime. Then I'm not going to explain it to you, but <laughs> 
if you know your fire triangle really well, mm-hmm. uh, it's nuts. Um, he basically can snap his fingers and cause a massive explosion pinpoint anywhere he wants. Uh, and there's a reason for that that I'm not going to spoil for Cody, but just anyway. probably rips oxygen from everywhere. Well, I mean, you kind of guessed it. He manipulates <laughs> he manipulates the oxygen concentration in the air by moving that around. Yep. And so if he can see a point, his alchemy makes a channel of oxygen rich air to that area. And then he snaps his fingers and he has like, like matchbox material on his gloves. On his gloves, right? He like kind of yep. snaps it. Yeah. Yep. And that's why uh, his lieutenant and subordinate Hawkeye is like, you're useless in the rain. You know that because when his gloves get wet, he needs another source of flame to to do it. Gotcha. Lots so, of torches in King's Landing. Lots of torches. At wildfire. Fuck. Roy's, imagine Roy's going to be just fine. Imagine Blackwater Bay with Roy Mustang. <laughs> so like, good. Oh, my God. Um, I've basically just chosen a dragon for the leader of my Kingsguard. <laughs> like, I mean, look, we've talked about doing a like a, a pyromancer bracket mm-hmm. with like Zuko and Roy and Dresden and Chandra and all of them on it. And yep. Roy fares really fucking well. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you got to go Master of Laws. Master of Laws. I have chosen none other than anime's best legal eagle lawyer i knew phoenix Wright. i knew this was coming <laughs> objection, objection. <laughs> <laughs> crushed it oh man uh phoenix Wright, ace attorney uh also the name of his anime and games yep. um he is the the kind of main character who you play as in uh in those games uh he is a incredible lawyer essentially i mean yep. what else do you what more do you want me to say he takes on impossible cases and finds a way to win them um he is great at interpreting and uh seeing the seeing laws carried through to their fullest intent and finding loopholes finding exceptions mm-hmm. knowing when to speak up and when not to which is a huge mechanic in the game but yep um when someone's going to trip themselves up Yep. And like he is a great interrogator. Um yeah, I don't really know what else to say. He's an incredible lawyer. So he's my he's my law dude. I I almost picked Phoenix Wright, but I don't know enough about Phoenix Wright to pick him. I, However, I I've, I've played a ton of the games, but like it's kind of hard to summarize his abilities other than he's just a like the best, he's an excellent lawyer. <laughs> like, he's, a, he's a prodigy lawyer. He's an S tier lawyer. <laughs> he's, um, he, I mean, it says a lot that I haven't, I know nothing about those games, mm-hmm. but I was considering picking him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, when you, especially when I'm looking at like an anime list, he is pretty much the choice. Yep. There's a couple others from animes that I haven't seen, but this is, this was a clear choice for me. Um, uh, one thing I like about Phoenix is that he knows when he needs to listen uh, versus yes. when is the right time to speak, which I think is a very valuable thing with your with your master of laws to, you know, really understand where someone else like on the opposing viewpoint is coming from before right. speaking your viewpoint. 
I just, I love the idea of a matter getting discussed in King Cody, first of his names, small council and everyone's animated and everything. And what about you, Phoenix? He just kind of looks up and says, I'll handle this one. It'll be taken <laughs> care of. Like he he's already heard enough. He knows like yep. who he's got to go after and what law and everything. He's like, they don't have a leg to stand on. Like if, if we have this, like if we know these facts, they're done. <laughs> I love the idea that like in the show, the crooked character is kind of leading everybody along, spinning this web uh, at the grand council meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hand of the King is like, yeah, I think this sounds good to me. I think this will benefit the realm. Uh, and it does anybody have any further questions or whatever? And Phoenix just like puts his hand, two hands on the table, stands up and he says, I have, but one objection. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. And that's the point in the show where it's like, it's that fuck yeah moment where Phoenix yep. gets his, gets Phoenix his last gets words his in. Yep. At what point were you planning to tell us? That you blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so good. And the color drains from the crooked character's face. <laughs> and like Roy pulls his glove on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Chills. Ace, Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright. Right. My master of laws. Uh, this is this character is the reason I mentioned that uh, just because someone is incredibly powerful, that's not the reason I picked them. Because I, for my Master of Laws, chose none other than Jace Bellerin, the Living Guild Pact. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Magic the Gathering. Imagine, if you will, Loki in the body of an angsty emo kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. However, this angsty emo mind mage is fused into the living embodiment of the laws for an entire planet sized city. Yeah. He is the guild pact for Ravnica, the living guild pact. He is the law. He has innate knowledge of the law. He mediates complex political disputes between 10 very powerful organizations. He has innate knowledge of the laws inside and out. And at certain times he literally speaks the law. Like, makes it he speaks it into existence yes right yep um i chose jace because of this aspect this is not his only aspect of his character but it's a very big aspect of his character he is a very powerful in uh wizard he's a very shrewd investigator he is capable of even reaching into people's minds and like taking facts from them so you can't lie to him which is good and bad um <laughs> he's been a villain in the past a little bit but generally is uh kind of the face of magic the gathering these days yeah and um, usually when he's the villain somebody's fucked with his memory right like usually it, it, it's gonna take like your master of whispers fucking with jace to really to turn him, him against up. you yeah yep. but jace will know that you're on his team and you're not lying to him and you like if he reads your mind he's gonna be like wow Cody actually wants what's best for the realm. Like, okay, fair. Like, I love that you do have like a little bit of a built-in lie detector in your Master of Laws. That's yep. that's pretty pretty smart. I like it. Yep, I had I had to go with Jace because I'm like, all right, I need a character that is the law, the law. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, 
I could. I almost went with RoboCop or Judge Dredd, but Ooh, RoboCop would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, but RoboCop, Jace. There's some gray area, just like with Phoenix Wright. Like they know when yep. to shut up. They know when to let things slide. Spirit of the law versus letter of the law. Mm-hmm. There's none of that with RoboCop or Judge Dredd. Like no zero. RoboCop, why do I have a report of you beating someone in the street? They littered. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. That's not, all right, moving on. Um, so that was my Master of Laws. Uh, Love it. Next is your Grand Maester. My Maester. All right. The Council of Maesters in Old Town, uh, King Cody, has sent their choice for Grand Maester to King's Landing to participate in your small council be your primary physician, guide the realm in any and all matters, academic and scientific. Mm -hmm. You are getting an individual with a bit of a checkered past that has become a galaxy-renowned scientist, a lecturer, a physician, a xenobiologist, a chemist. This person has immense scientific knowledge in any possible discipline. You are getting Dr. Morden Solis from the Mass Effect series. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's Mass Effect. I had to. I had to. Of I knew course I had it's to. it's Mass Effect. <laughs> well, you're going to have to tell me about my maester because I know pretty much nothing about him. <laughs> Morden is a genius. He okay. Is the galaxy's expert in a number of fields, uh, chemistry, biology, physics. I mean, everything I just said. He is a little bit of a nutty professor, but he has a very dry, witty sense of humor. And he also, in his youth, was a member of the, uh, they were called the special tasks group for his uh, race of aliens, the Solarians. Um, They're basically like Navy SEALs, but more so like mixed with James Bond. Like Mm -hmm. they send it like these guys carried out demolition, assassination, sabotage, abduction, espionage, you name it. These guys did it. And he retired from that with some of the highest military honors that anyone can be bestowed and decided, you know what? I'm too smart to just hang up my spurs and retire. I'm going to go and be the best scientist possible. So when you meet him in Mass Effect 2, he has synthesized a cure for a plague that is ravaging the slums of this space station you find him on. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, they told me I couldn't go in here because it was too contagious and it was killing a- anyone but humans. But he's like, I figured I'd figure it out in a little bit and be fine. And like, <laughs> he hands you the vial of the cure and says, here, go put this in the air ducts. It'll spread it throughout the whole station. And then he hands you a heavy pistol and says, you might need this too. I think that there's gang territory. Like, that's in gang territory. <laughs> and like... Uh, he's a huge fan of musical theater, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan in particular. He'll be like humming and singing it to himself uh, while nice. he does research. Uh, he's big on doctor patient confidentiality. So like in the games, he'll like come to you about concerns and be he's like, oh, I, I'm never going to talk to anybody else about this. Um, he's got a little bit of pattern in him from Stormlight, like okay. in his speech patterns, like he talks like, oh man, what's what's a good Morden impression? Like, ah, yes, cut, possible infection from Iron Throne. Should likely take a file to every edge of every sword on that to prevent reoccurrence. 
Is like, this almost like a like a C3PO vibe a little bit almost? Like protocol? Not protocol, like very professional, upbeat, cheerful. Like okay. uh but like his backstory is incredibly uh tragic. So, I mean, you do you care about Mass Effect spoilers? I mean, no. Okay. Uh he is one of the principal scientist that was responsible for creating the genophage genophage to sure. sterilize the Krogans. and so most of his story arc is him regretting that and wanting to make amends for it gotcha so that's the caliber of guy you're getting he has can, a good moral compass then right like incredible moral compass yeah. like is realizes like, he's done wrong willing to admit mistakes i like it uh one of the most beloved characters in the franchise and i know you can't stand mass effect so i had to give them to you (laughs) dude that's it's so good uh i think you've done me a little more justice than i've done to you Uh but we'll see here uh the the maester that i am presenting to you is a incredibly talented and knowledgeable user of magic uh he understands he's potentially one of the principal uh leaders of magical abilities in his realm Mm -hmm. uh, and it also brings to the table a deep knowledge and understanding that may benefit you in the long coming winter uh in game of thrones oh yeah you about to oh you motherfucker (laughs) you're gonna get the ice king from adventure time (laughs) (laughs) oh my Uh, god Big maester vibes here. Uh, huge, huge beard energy. <laughs> yeah, big beard energy here. Uh, I, uh, I, I like the idea. That, uh, I think the Ice King is a very misunderstood character in Adventure oh, Time. Incredibly um, so. Wears his heart on his sleeve um, and mostly wants to have friends. He is, I would again say, very loyal to someone who he would. I mean one of the things that he wants most a lot of the time is a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you know, the methods that he goes about uh, helping his friends and, and trying to gain more friends or getting people to like him is sometimes misguided. Uh, But I think as far as completing duties that a maester would uh, be responsible for that, the ice King is not only capable, but would do a pretty good job. I mean, He's got Toon Force on his side, coming from Adventure Time. Right. A wizard capable of magicking virtually anything. I mean, he's... Virtually anything. I've only seen a bit, bits and pieces of Adventure Time, but the Ice King is ridiculously powerful. Like, powerful, talented, motivated, and like you said, just needs some friends. Yeah, and I think I think I kind of enjoy the idea of the Ice King as a maester, mostly because... Like I picture you on the throne, like needing, basically needing the help from the maesters mm-hmm. and just being like, fuck. All right, go get him. Like, <laughs> 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 like he's a lot to handle uh, as a king. And you, sure. and like, he's that guy who wa- wants to be your friend so badly and just doesn't right. know how, how to do it. But ultimately Will's, like will serve you and will get the job done. Oh, yeah. um, I, I feel uh, like there could be a scene where like we're overlooking on a balcony out of the red keep, like overlooking like a festival of everyone having a party, like celebrating something. And like, I walk over to the ice King and we talk about 
you know, what it means to, to be happy and go to a party and everything. And I remind him that we're here to make sure that can happen for as many people as possible and make their lives better and make people happy and safe. Yep. And like, I put a hand on his shoulder and I'm like, and I need you. Like, I need your help. We all need your help. Like, and his we, eyes just start watering, like <laughs> filling up. I'd have him. I'd have him then. <laughs> You'd have. I, yep. I also, uh, one thing that I like about the Ice King being a maester is that he's his moral compass is not truly north all the time. So no. if the king need, if you as the king needed some subterfuge and needed some milk of the poppy to be slipped into somebody's drink, the Ice King's your guy. I mean, oh, I, Ice, Ice King, he's got an edge to him. Yeah. <laughs> like he he's not afraid to play dirty no and like again once you've got him once he's in your court like yeah i i think it's very easy for him to betray others in order to get closer to you yep uh he he absolutely can which is a double-edged sword Um, double-edged sword for sure but like i think it's definitely got its benefits oh i think he brings more to the table than he potentially brings in hazards Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely got a lot of wild card energy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's very unpredictable, but the rest of my court is probably going to be very like straight and narrow. I played okay. it pretty straight. So I think, I honestly think you, this is a really solid pick with the rest of my line. I also, <laughs> I also love the idea that he and Armstrong are the only two that can understand Tom Nook for some Tom reason. Nook. <laughs> I love it. I love the interaction with ice King and Tom Nook on your, yep. on your small council. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, do I? Does that mean I go next for ships? You go next for ships because it's a snake draft. Well, ships and anime go together pretty well. Uh, one of the most famous animes being One Piece, yeah, where yo, I have taken yeah, my yo, yeah, yo. master of ships from. Yep. Although I think I've probably chosen a character that a lot of people most people of. wouldn't wouldn't have chosen. Okay. Uh, you've definitely heard of them if you've watched the anime at all. Uh, but I have chosen Nami as my strong pick. Yeah, very I think, strong pick. Because originally I had Luffy down, but I don't think Luffy goes well on the on the council. I think Luffy's got big fucking Ice King energy and unpredictability. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and also, I don't think he's going to be happy on the council. I think Luffy wants to be out on ships. Yep. And so Nami. Uh, being the primary cartographer for the uh, straw hats, but for the straw hat pirates, um, I uh, she's very good at um, obviously she's a cartographer, so she's making maps. Um, but she also like specializes uh, to some extent. She describes herself as a thief among pirates, um, which is kind of fun in my opinion. Uh, she's going to be a strong nosed, uh, leader, know how to, uh, oh, yeah. kind of manage, manage those trade routes and, you know, head off other, uh, enemy ships in a way that, uh, yep. cri- cripples them more than, uh, you know, puts, puts the King's Navy in the correct positions. Um, she, uh, she is kind of in the group, the, like logical one a lot of the time she is she is the mom friend she's the like, thinker like she, <laughs> nami is i mean she shines in that series i Definitely. mean she is an awesome awesome pick and like of the straw hats i think she's easily the best pick yeah i i totally agree um 
And I think oh, that yeah, she, I think she's the best pick too in like her ability and like happiness to be on the council. Like yep. Nami is shown, especially in the beginning when she first joins, like she doesn't need to be out on the, out on the water. Like that's no. not her main calling. No. Um, she's fine being on dry land and dealing with ships and things and pirates. She and things is a of that planner. Nature. She is a thinker. She is logical Definitely. and she sees the big picture. Like yep. she would, she would send a Raven to Luffy who is captaining the fleet yep. and be like, yo, do this, do this, do this. And he's like, yeah, look, if Nami said this, this is what the King wants. We got to go do it. <laughs> yep. Luffy's, Luffy's the guy you want fighting the battles. Exactly. Nami Luffy's is not, the one man, you want making the move. We're on the same wavelength here. I fucking yep. love it. Uh, and also, I mean, just her knowledge of the seas and being the tar- cartographer and navigate ships navigator. Like your Navy is going to be able to take the most fast. efficient paths and yep. uh, the most up-to-date mapping and, and area like knowledge of the regions. Your ships are going to be well equipped to navigate the seas and to position themselves in an ideal spot with Nami running the show, man. That's a great yeah. pick. Thank you. So for my master of ships, I have chosen an individual that has quite possibly the most brilliant tactical and strategic mind I have seen put to fiction. Okay. Uh, this individual clawed their way up the ladder in a society that was heavily prejudiced against them and gained the respect of some of the most powerful men and women in their universe. I'm talking about none other than Grand Admiral Thrawn from the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Very good here. I'm liking, I like this a lot. He is the best strategist in the Star Wars universe, period, paragraph. I don't care who you put up against him. Uh, and if you make him your master of ships and tell him, oh yeah, you don't have to worry about three dimensions anymore. It's just 2D. It's just ships on the water. <laughs> He's going to be like, all right, this is cake. I got this. <laughs> um, no, but he is logical. He is calculating. And the thing about Thrawn is he inspires fanatic loyalty in the people that like serve under him. Yeah. Follow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they even contrast him to Darth Vader in the novels. Like someone fucks up, like one of the tractor beam operators on his star destroyer fucks up and like, doesn't get their, their person or whatever their lock or something. Yeah. Yeah. They don't get their lock and the heroes get away. And so Thrawn comes over and is like, what happened? And he's like, I'm sorry. It just like explained that it wasn't responding or blah, blah, blah. Or like, I tried to do this and it, it didn't work right. And he's like, well, if it's a flaw in the system, we need to have it corrected so that you can do better next time. Like if the equipment needs to be more responsive, we need to make that change. Like right. he doesn't look at it as Cody, you fucked up. It's, oh. He doesn't start force choking. <laughs> right. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have people executed. He doesn't start right. force choking. He says, we'll get him next time. I mean, obviously I got to give you like a small punishment, but like, yeah. how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Right. And he asks right. the people who do the work, how to make things better. Uh, he also is incredibly culturally shrewd. He learns about how species think by analyzing their works of art. And so if we were going up against, say, the Triarchy and the Stepstones, like is happening in House of the Dragon, he would be like, oh, get me some of their, get me some paintings from Lise and 
Tyrosh and some of these other free cities. I want to study their artists. Yep. And he'd be like, all right, I've got him figured out. Next time we line up against him in battle, he's going to take them apart because he understands their philosophy and how how they're likely to react under pressure. It's kind of like a weird superpower, but also, I mean, it sounds kind of bullshit, but that's how that's his thing. Like he's a fine art collector and he analyzes societies through their art. And it plays well in Game of Thrones too, for sure. Incredibly like, well in Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very dignified, uh, very, very formal, very logical, very respectful. Um, ruthless even when he needs to be. Incredibly ruthless. He, yeah. um, uh, what did he do? You're going to have a strong armed Navy if, if the oh, fucking Greyjoys ever pipe up. Uh-uh. Nope. I, I'm sorry. Like Thrawn's, Thrawn's going to just fuck the Greyjoys up. <laughs> yep. Plus, I love the idea of him in like a classic Admiral's like tricorn hat and a cutlass on the deck of a ship in a storm. Like Thrawn has big like Dalinar Colin energy, like old Dalinar, not young Dalinar that went like bloodthirsty. Um, I don't know. He's one of my favorite Star Wars characters and I had to get him in here. Uh, It did shift my Star Wars pick around a little bit. I (laughs) I kept coming back to if I don't pick Thrawn. I'm going to regret not picking him. So this was like my windmill slam, like first pick, first round. Yep. I'm like, chips, military strategy, I, fucking I love the I love the cold calculating nature of Thrawn that, that we've kind of, uh, I think you get some great scenes between you and Thrawn, like planning battles and, uh, I mean, defending King's Landing. I, I think Thrawn and Jace playing chess would be... That's great amazing yeah that's great Uh, um i think i think thrawn gets a lot of respect from armstrong um i think the first time like thrawn dismisses nook a little bit but actually no he'd be the only one that doesn't dismiss nook and when he sees nook's spreadsheets he's like ah yes perfect like we're, (laughs) we're, we're good like you can you can continue to buy me more ships we're fine yeah right um yeah uh great pick yep love that one Thank you. And now it's my turn again to go to Master of Whispers. Whispers, yep. So my individual has been the head of one of the most famous and notorious spy agencies in fiction. I am, of course, talking about none other than Dame Judi Dench herself, M, from the James Bond movies. Like this one. Yep. Uh... She is in charge of all of MI6, uh, England's National Intelligence Agency. She is in charge of all of the 00 agents, not just 007. And again, same same as Thrawn, very dignified, very cool, calm and collected, and also would have no problem signing your death warrant and handing it to an agent and saying, go kill them. <laughs> like, M Man. is not to be fucked with. Your small council is kind of fucking scary as we're putting this together. A little bit. Yeah. You got some cool, fucking cold, cool hand Lukes out there. I got, I, you know, I figure if Game of Thrones is going to happen while I'm on the throne, because I mean, it's going to happen. Who do <laughs> I, who do I want at my back? And like, there, these are also all people that are kind of devoted to order, maintaining the realm. Yes. And they also care about, the little people to an extent yep. like, I mean, Tom Nook obviously doesn't, but the rest of them. Can <laughs> <rain> them <in. laughs> and 
M, having worked with a ton of different personalities, would also know how to rein in the Ice King a little bit. A little bit, yeah, for sure. Yep. Know how to know how to use him effectively anyway. Yep. I mean, and she's a spy master. So like, I mean, she, her and Thrawn and Jace working together is terrifying. Yeah, um, for sure. Like, ugh, okay. Maybe, maybe that's a little bit fucked up. Maybe I need to back away from this <laughs> a little. Like, Thrawn, Thrawn moving the Navy with M's intelligence and like Jace's logic and analysis is, that's dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but that's my that's my master of whispers. If you've seen a James Bond movie, you've seen Judy Dench nailing the performance as M. Um, just very Amanda Waller vibes. Uh, for sure. Who was another one of my picks. That's very good. Master yeah. of whispers. Um, I, th- I think M is a much better choice. Yeah. Because Amanda M Waller is, is much more likely to fuck you up. And M also never, <laughs> M never loses her cool. Like, Not at all. Even in Skyfall, when she's like running around with Bond and mm-hmm. all this other stuff, like, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> cool, calm, collected, makes decisions with all the information present. Yep. And I think is so. I think Whispers has a unique. I mean, we kind of talked about this in a Patreon episode, but has a unique ability to like backstab the king mm-hmm. uh, and withhold information where necessary. And M is not going to do that. Well, if she does, it's going to be because she's already handled it and doesn't need to worry myself or the rest of the council. Sure. Sure. Because that's the reason I picked her is if there's a position that's going to betray the king, it's that one. Yeah. (laughs) But M is all about the good of her country, which in this case is the seven kingdoms. So she's going to do what it takes to keep the seven kingdoms together. Who do you got? Because I'm very curious. Uh, my master of whispers is a little bit cheating. I think this okay. one was chosen specifically for powers. Uh, okay, that's but, fine. I mean, that's the way this is going to go. So here is my Naruto pick. Ooh. Uh, I have chosen none other than Shino Aburame. Ooh. Okay. Shino's this is the, the, bug, the... the bug guy. Yes. Yeah creepy but damn this is a solid pick so the reason i chose shino uh shino is a member of the abarame clan um their clan has a special kind of power within their their lineage um where they infuse at birth with a special breed of insects called kikachku yep kikachu i think kikachu um Basically, it is a symbiotic relationship where they feed on his chakra and um, basically he's their leader and can control them, uh, things of that nature. But he uses them in a number of different ways to fight, uses them to make like replicas of himself or cage enemies and insects or all this kind of thing. But his one of the main things that makes him a great master of whispers is that multiple times throughout the anime, the show Naruto, uh, he uses his bugs uh, to spy and provide information. So he can be everywhere. Literally send one out, put them in a room and have them report back and tell him what everybody said. Uh, He also uses them. 
Oh, so good. He also uses them to communicate with uh, the people he's working with. So like he will send them out and have them like basically arrange themselves in the in lettering Mm -hmm. and spell out messages to other people. So So good. Oh, man, he can just the communication, especially considering that we're in Westeros is just off the charts here. You've basically got a like radio or instant messaging Mm -hmm. in Westeros. That's so good. Yeah. And I just, I just love the idea that you know he he can literally bug any room, and <laughs> get get information like bugs on the wall in the castle. You're gonna as the king, you're gonna know everything that everyone is saying in the castle anyway. And if yep. and you know if Shino gets you know wind that somebody's some Targaryen girl is starting a rebellion over across the narrow sea. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna learn about that. Though he can dispatch his agents, his bugs, figure out yep. what's being said, what is actually going, going on, what they're doing. Yep, he can get the truth. Uh, Shino he, the is, eavesdropping ability alone, yeah. the intelligence gathering, the network is just, oh, yeah. Shino good. him Shino himself is pretty reserved, uh, pretty quiet, mm-hmm. uh, but is loyal to his friends and uh, is not afraid to speak his mind when he feels the need to uh he's he's very kind of quiet and decisive uh until somebody crosses him kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but as far as a master of whispers goes uh i think in an anime perspective shino is super well equipped he's damn good i will say as you get more into full metal there's a character in full metal that does something very similar okay. incredibly well. Yep. Uh, I love the idea of Shino and his bugs getting studied by Dr. Solis. Cause he's, <laughs> he's all about like biology and life forms and everything is quite curious. Hive mind insectoid structure allows communication across great distances. Telepathy, chemical pheromones. No, not possible. Too great <laughs> distance between must be telepathy. Like, He's talking about like the symbiotic relationship between them. He's like, the bugs feed off his energy and in return provide information. Like, I fucking love it, man. Oh yeah. That's that's exactly that's exactly how it would go too. And like uh, the 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 fucking interparty role play in these in these fucking <laughs> small councils is is sending me right now. I'm I'm all over it. Uh You've got your hand of the king now, I think, unless mm-hmm. you have more to say about Shino. No, I, my hand of the king. Again, I might be pandering a little bit. I've selected someone I know that you like, but I've selected him for good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, none other than Ingenium himself. Ida! Tenya Ida! <laughs> Tenya Ida. Oh my God, dude. He's, uh, I don't know, he's your pick. You talk about him. I'm going to sit over for- here and fanboy Ida from My Hero Academia. Yep. Uh, he is the elected class president of uh, Group 1. What group a, one class a, 1A. Class 1A from My Hero Academia. He is a... In, his moral compass points directly north. Yep. He does what is right because it is the right thing to do. And he tends to pretty fiercely... Uh, apply himself and any of his resources to oppose those who wish to do wrong, which is the main reason that I've chosen him. Um, If, if at any point, 
you know, I get a little crazy or wild, Ida is going to be someone that I can rely on to rein in ideas that I have for the for the greater good of the realm. Yep. I th- I think Ida is the person that you want at the head of of the realm for the people and on, honestly I can the reason I chose Ida is that I can trust Ida to let me know when I am making decisions that are going to hurt the people and at at my what my benefit basically basically like when i'm being selfish or being a harsh ruler i can i know i can trust ida to a speak up and not be afraid to say what needs to be said to the king and also to to fiercely defend the people of the realm and do right by them he is gonna be a amazing moral compass um when it comes to accomplishing tasks or getting things done he has one speed and that's go very fast, yeah. <laughs> he pours a hundred percent of himself into whatever he's doing at the time, and yes. even to the that, detriment of himself. Even to the detriment of himself, he has that anime protagonist, uh, like tenaciousness that give it give it his all energy. Uh, he's very smart and fiercely loyal. Like yes, he gives me did, big Ned Stark vibes. Honestly. Ned and Ida would get along really yeah. well. Like Ned would be like, I wish I could adopt you instead of that bastard Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I, yeah. I, I know that I know that Ida is going to do a great job at leading the council. He's a great leader of people. Um, he runs and... class one a, which is probably a lot harder to wrangle than a small council. <laughs> Uh, people tend to like him. Uh, he yep. lets people speak their mind, hear them out. But ultimately, I mean, the, his big, the biggest reason that I chose him is for his moral compass. And, you know, given the right directive, Ida is going to really, I, I, the realm's going to love Ida. Oh, 100. He is going to be an incredibly popular hand. And, and he's going to make me a more popular king. He's going to make you a very, very popular king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, also we didn't even talk about his powers. They're just almost an afterthought, but they're not negligible. Right. He can run like he has super speed. He's got engines in his calves. He literally has engines in his calves. (laughs) And when, when he needs to, he pushes his engines into overdrive and it causes him great pain. And it is not a fun experience. But like that's how determined he is to do the right thing and save people. Like he's wanted to be a hero since he was little, and what better way to be a hero for more people than be by being a, a great hand of the king? Yeah, I think the only downfall of Ida. I know we've been like tooting Ida's horn here, but uh, I think the only downfall of Ida, I would say, is probably a little bit of his. I'd call it intelligence, I guess. But um, he he can be goaded. Ida he can, he can be goaded. Ida can be goaded uh, into yep. making decisions that maybe don't uh, don't benefit him. Uh, he can be kind of swayed at times. Yep. Uh, that said, I think he works well with Shino, who really would be like the person to kind of do that. He works um, really. They're both glasses boys. They're both glasses boys. Push up the. Yep. He, he works really well with Shino. I think he and Roy can't stand each other like publicly 
but like their private conversations are very much like we don't have to get along. How are we going to save the realm? Like right. they respect right. each other a ton, even if they don't get along. Yeah, it reminds me almost a little bit of like Littlefinger and uh, Tyrion. Uh, no, um, Varys. Varys. Mm-hmm. A, a little, little bit, bit of Little Littlefinger and Varys, where they're like can butt heads, but like, and maybe they're working differently in in the opposing realm, but they both have a respect for each other, for sure, and and are willing to work together, right, to, to benefit the realm, and like. Roy might be the one that convinces Ida that like, no, we actually do have to intervene here. Like, I hate to say it, but it's time for war. And like, Ida's like, ah, I, we can't do it. And then they argue back and forth about that. But um, yeah, no, the Ida's, uh, that's an amazing pick. Blade it was one of, it was one of my to... first picks. It yep. was one of my first picks, honestly, because uh, in, I think the the hand where the hand is best is when they have a a great moral compass and they know what is going they've got a good idea of the people that they are ruling. Yep. Um and I think that Ida kind of fits that to a T. Definitely. My hand of the king. This is such a tough choice. Um cuz I've narrowed it down to like three solid ones. Okay. Uh from different universes. I've got to go with my gut that I went with at the beginning. And we're going to say this uh, without spoilers for you <laughs> or various people or me. Um, my hand of the king is going to be none other than Yasna Kolin. Very good. Uh, she is from the book series, The Stormlight Archive. Mm-hmm. She is a brilliant scholar, a fierce like very strong willed person. Um, she is a unashamed atheist in a world where uh, religion is very central to society. Uh, she is an unashamed feminist in a world where gender roles are very strictly defined. She is a political genius. She is a scholarly genius. She is mm-hmm. an incredibly powerful, uh, we'll just say mage in her world. And she is influential the world over. She is the eldest child of the royal family of her country and has kind of eschewed all of that and has said, I want to go make my own name and my own way. Um, I'm going to go do my own thing and do my research, follow my heart and find out things that are important to me. But uh, she is profoundly capable at anything she seems to set her mind to. Like definitely so much so that other characters comment on it regularly. Like so-and-so kept waiting for Yesna to make a mistake and then remembered who they were talking about. (laughs) Like she, as far as being a mover and a shaker and making things happen, the sheer force of will that Yasna brings to the table, she is a badass. (laughs) And Absolutely. And fits right in at King's Landing. <laughs> Definitely. And I, I mean, you could always, uh, similar to my Ida pick, you could always count on Yesna to tell you when you're fucking it up. Like, without to tell you when you're doing wrong, to speak right. her mind always freely. And you would respect that of her. I right. mean, I, I didn't necessarily pick Yesna because I thought she and I would get along because I right? think we, we would butt heads a lot. <laughs> 
but we want the same things. And she would be a really good check on me and the other members of the small council. And is, I mean, in a room with all the other names I picked, the Thrawns, the Jaces, the M's of the world. Yeah. I needed someone who could wrangle all of them and be like, you will pay attention now because yep. we are talking about this issue. Thank you very much. Or do I need to make my point even more clear? Like, <laughs> I love I love the idea too that maybe Yesna is pushed back against some of Thrawn's wishes, maybe for new ships or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a small council meeting and Thrawn doesn't show up to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yesna is like, where is our master of ships? And uh, somebody's like, uh, he's not going to be attending today or something. And mm-hmm. she's like, give me a moment and just like storms through the castle yep. and like brings some King's guard or some shit and like knocks down his door and is like, uh, I think you may have mistaken your schedule today. Uh, we have a small <laughs> council meeting right now. Oh, and that is very, that's very Yesna and I can totally see it. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I also think the ice King once he learns about her powers and what she can do is either scared of her or like fanboying, like, Oh my God, she's another wizard. (laughs) I think she's well equipped to rein him in to be completely honest. I mean, princess, uh, princess bubblegum has kind of that same effect, uh, or or same like ability to do that. But she, Yesna has a great ability to kind of understand people. She's um, very good at understanding people, even if they come from awkward, in social situations so i feel like she would be able to like understand him and some of his quirkiness and be able to kind of rein that in and uh, i i think she tends to and this is maybe just me speaking but i think she tends to see people a lot as like tools and looks for the most efficient way puzzles is probably a better analogy but looks for the most efficient way to like use them or Or the way to apply their skills the best way. Yep. She she has a lot in common with Thrawn in that she cares about the people that work for her. Mm-hmm. She has a lot in common with M, where she wants what's good for the realm. Uh, she has a lot in common with Jace in the sense that they're both kind of cold and calculating and always have their eyes on the bigger picture. Uh, I think that, um, it, it, I don't know, I, I had, I needed somebody that could take this room full of intellectual giants and badasses yep. and bring them all to heal. And I can't think of anyone better than Yesna Colin. <laughs> yeah. I think Yesna has, Yesna is an incredible pick. It's Yesna's very, <laughs> very good. Yes. One of my favorite characters in the stormlight archive and i think you've done a great job picking your hand well thank you i think you did an excellent job picking your hand and the rest of your small council thank you thank you now the question is and we have to discuss this fairly quickly here okay which member of each of our councils is most likely to betray us i think yours so oddly enough you know, you've chosen some people in Jace and Thrawn uh, who have an ability to kind of turn on you, I think. Yes. Uh, but I don't think under Yasna's leadership that that, that happens. Um, yep. 
And I think that they're in a good enough spot where, um, you know, they're being, I think they're going to be happy in the positions that they're in. Sure. And, and as long as you don't make hard actions against them, I don't see them turning, but Tom Nook is going to fuck you up. <laughs> Tom Nook is going to bankrupt the realm. <laughs> yeah. Tom Nook will destroy you. I think, oh, man. I think Tom Nook is, is your biggest wild card. Uh, I think, I could see Tom Nook just being pretty devious. I think Tom Nook is your little finger uh, and you are just hanging by a thread with the capitalist Tom Nook. I I think if Tom Nook puts one paw out of line, he doesn't show up to a small council meeting the next day and everyone's like, where's Tom Nook? And Yasna's like, I turned him into smoke. Meet our new new master of coin, Wario. I just, uh, I, I could see Tom, like, I could see Yesna and like you being like, we're going to lower some taxes or get rid of this tax. It's really hurting people. I think it'll benefit the realm to get rid of it. And you can see Tom's Nook's eyes just like fucking glaze over like, yep. no fucking, you're less money. No way. Nope. This is a horrible decision. <laughs> yep. And like, we're going to, we're going to get this money back. Yep. We're going to go get this bread. Um, Tom Nook has potential. Um, oddly enough, I don't think Ice King is going to be yeah, the one to betray me. I don't think me. so either. I no. don't think so either. Uh, no. I also think that uh, of all of them, I think if Yasna moved against me, I'd probably just be like, yeah, no, nah, you can have it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You almost feel like you deserve it if Yasna decides to go against you, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh I uh I think your second your runner up is probably Jace in my mind just because yeah. Jace has had his mind fucked with and can has been the vil- has had a couple heel turns in his career and yep. he's got think, a little bit of a wild card energy but I think if if Yasna moves against me the realm stays intact everyone just starts reporting to her I think if Jace moves against me that is like a civil war move and kind of breaks the realm Sure. And that makes, I also think I also to back up my Tom Nook decision. I don't think Tom Nook takes orders very well. I think he's going to struggle with being under Yasna and under yourself and having to like report back up. He's got Tom Nook's got visions for the crown. Yep. No one. We can talk about alternate picks in a minute here. Let's, let's get to your betrayer. And then I got some honorable mentions and some roster moves. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> so, so I've got an idea of of who would be most likely to be- betray me, but what do, what do you think? It wouldn't be Ida. It would not be Shino. Yep. It would not be Morden. Um, it would not be Nami. Like you've picked a lot of people that get along really well. Um, it would not be. <clears throat> pardon me. It wouldn't be Phoenix Wright. He wouldn't nope. do it. Um, so that's five out of the seven. Looking at the rest of them, uh, shoot, what, which one am I missing? Roy. I I'm missing Roy, and there was one other. My maester, right? Or no, you nope. said you said that. Coin, what, your, your, your Hunter Hunter character. Oh, coin. Knuckle. Uh, knuckle, yep. I don't know enough about Knuckle to say whether or not they would, but you said they've kind of been a villain, so I think it's either Knuckle or Roy. Yeah, I think it's Knuckle or Roy as well. Yeah. Uh, knuckle has definitely found himself on the wrong side of the protagonists before. Sure. Um, I, I think the only thing that makes me lead more towards Roy than knuckle is just that, uh, 
Knuckle is very loyal and was just so happened to be kind of misguided. He's not the smartest uh, person. Sure. Um, and was kind of lied to. And, and I mean, literally once he meets kind of the protagonists, he starts to idealize them and basically starts to follow them because he sure. realizes that they're good people. So then um, I think it's got to be Roy. Roy, I think is, I think Roy Mustang is my betrayer. Killed by the Lord Commander of your own Kingsguard. Very poetic. Poetic, yeah. Kingslayer. I, I mean, I'm going down from rabies because Tom Nook goes after me. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Roy Roy is ambitious. Roy is not afraid to move against power. Uh, it would be a gradual thing, and yep. you could have a chance to avoid it if you are a good and just ruler because Roy's whole thing is he gets disillusioned with the system after his country commits atrocities in war. Sure. That's, I do think I do think too. We, I mean, we talked about a potential headbutt with Ida, and mm-hmm. that could that could stoke the flames as well. Um, it, it could, but I I could also see, um, I could also see Ida kind of helping keep him on the straight and narrow. Sure, it's possible. Uh, Toby singing to us. Yeah, give me one second. Let me let him out. Then we'll wrap up. Yeah. All right. So did you have anything, any honorable mentions in closing here? I did. So in order to accomplish this, I need to make two roster moves to avoid the no repeating universes rule. Okay. Um, So Yesna turns Tom Nook to smoke and he's just (laughs) gone. And uh, Thrawn retires after several incredibly successful military campaigns, uh, securing the waterways of the world for the realm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in his place, his young protege, Ender Wigan from Ender's Game. Very good. Uh, is put into his place as master of ships. Very and good. A master tactician. Yep, just a genius. Um, yep. But replacing the master of coin is a incredibly charismatic, smug, smarmy, fashionable, dashing uh, rogue of a character a daring pilot, a incredibly successful businessman, a big spender, a cash flasher, a charmer, a people person, a war hero, none other than Lando motherfucking Calrissian. Love it. And he's got to come from the fucking veil too. So we can keep the cloud city theme going. Cloud city. Exactly. (laughs) And well, hello. What have we here? And yes, it's like, I'm the hand. Sit down, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Uh, that that's that's very good. Lando I, Lando is great. I wanted to pick Lando so bad, but I couldn't give up the Thrawn pick. Ender's a weaker pick than Thrawn for ships because a lot of Ender's success relied on knowing his like sub commanders, knowing his friends. Uh, if they weren't like who he was working with, I don't know if he'd have been as successful. But sure. Uh, that's why Lando had to be an honorable mention. Breaks my heart. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else did I have here? Wario for coin as well. Um, that's that's hilarious. I had Heimerdinger from Arcane as a Grand Maester. Ooh. He would have been a great pick. Not bad. Uh, for Whispers, I had Lara Wraith from the Dresden Files as an option. Very good. Very good. Uh, for Kingsguard, I had Brock Sampson. 
Uh, I had, uh, he's from Venture Bros. Yeah, Venture Bros. Yep. Domovoy Butler from Artemis Fowl. Those books. Wow, that's a great pick. Yep. That's a fucking deep cut that I love. I mean, the man put on a suit of armor and fought a bull troll. Like <laughs> That's so good. Uh, I also had uh, Michael Carpenter, maybe, for Kingsguard. Yeah, that's. Uh, from, I mean, from, that's real good, too. From Dresden Files. And then yep. for Hand, uh, I had either Uncle Iroh from Avatar The Last Airbender. That one's a little tough. I think yeah, Yasna has a better pick there. He's too chill for this council. Yep. And I also had... Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Very good. Yeah. Picard's those are, those, a, good, a good choice. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not weakness. <laughs> that is life. Like, Picard would be a phenomenal hand, but he would get so frustrated with everyone on my small council. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, I really only had two honorable mentions. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of wanted for hand uh lady sunate from she Naruto. would be a real good hand uh, she would have been real fucking good dude yep i'm re- I'm real into that one she's got a lot of the same yasna energy yep but she can let her hair down and be casual whereas i don't think yasna can ever turn it off yeah it's tough for yasna to turn it off for sure yep. uh i i, I kind of liked sunate um i mean for a lot of the same reasons we talked about with Yasna, to be honest, great mm-hmm. leader of people, um, incredibly individually powerful too. Like, definitely doesn't just command respect because they've accomplished things. Like, they will fuck you up. Yeah, like absolutely. physically. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and then I had for my Kingsguard um, Ichigo Kurosaki uh, from Bleach. Shit. Uh, that one's a little bit tough, but a great. I mean, a master swordsman. Uh, yeah. Yep. Fiercely loyal to his friends and uh, literally puts his life on the line throughout the anime to Constantly. protect those that he cares about. Yep. Um, uh, I also had for my Kingsguard, uh, I was pulling a bunch of Stormlight characters. I couldn't decide between Zeth and Kaladin. Zeth uh, is great. Zeth is a phenomenal Kingsguard pick, but Zeth. I would have picked Kaladin because he leads people better. Sure. Makes sense. Um, what else did I have on my list? But Kaladin's um, Syed. Yeah, but Ice King would be his friend. <laughs> That's great. Um, I had a couple more that I'm struggling to recall at this point. Oh, uh, Kingsguard uh, Duncan Idaho from Dune. Oh, Duncan Idaho is great as a Kingsguard. I mean, that's basically what he already is. That's what <laughs> like, he is, yeah. Yep. Um man, coin was coin was slightly tougher at times. Um Maester was slightly tougher at times. Uh I I wanted to put uh Sokka from Avatar in there somewhere. I think mm-hmm. he's a really good pick. Um I didn't know if he would be better as laws maybe or ships. Um or even yeah. hand. Sokka would make a decent hand. Decent hand, sure. I, doesn't, I think doesn't hold a candle to uh, any of the other choices. Yeah, but Thrawn be... is Thrawn is tough to argue against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nami too I, is just I, Nami was in uh, like a kind of a windmill slam. Honestly, I, like I said originally, I put Monkey down, and I was like, I, or I put Luffy down. Yeah, and uh, it was just I was like, first of all, Luffy's not gonna fucking want to do it, and 
he's going to want to be out on the ship. And yep. I think Nami's just a way better choice. I mean, I think if we go to war, Nami might not give Thrawn that much of a challenge in the battles, but in the overall war, like the logistics side, the planning, the movement of forces around, like she's given him a run for his money. Like, yeah, like we're, he's, he's having to pull out all the stops because he's outnumbered. He's out crewed. He's out shipped. And there's some crazy kid in a straw hat with giant <laughs> stretchy arms, literally punching guys off his ships. <laughs> when I think one thing that I liked with Nami too, was specifically like the trade route stuff as yes. well. Like my kingdom's going to, I feel like thrive quite a bit just because oh, yeah. of merchant ships. Yep. And she, she drives a mean bargain. She, yeah. Nami is a, a phenomenal underrated pick for the, you went more the economic side and I went more mm-hmm. of the military side for master of ships. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, Tom Nook is the weakest pick. <laughs> I don't think he's w- the weakest pick, but he's definitely the fucking most unhinged pick you got. <laughs> Even Ice King is like, yeah, look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he's speaking some crazy language that only a couple of them can understand. And The Animal Crossing language? Yep. Yeah. Fun fact, the Animal Crossing language is just them saying the letters at like really fast. So like oh, okay. the word the word read would be like, are you Eddie? <laughs> like, like that's that that's how Animal Crossing animals speak in the game. So I didn't know that. Yep. Uh any final thoughts, Cody? That's all I got. I mean, that's all I got. I it, this was very fun. Uh we ran a little long, but I think it was a great episode. I had a ton of fun doing this. Yep. Uh I'd be happy to hear uh what anybody thinks or what their uh what their small councils would be. Go ahead and hit us up on Instagram. Let us know, uh, or Twitter or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, um, and if you, if you want to do an all themed small council, like Cody did an all anime small council, if you wanted to do like an all superhero or yeah, all whatever small council, that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah. I was, I was struggling a little bit with, there was just so many characters to choose from. And I was like, oh, all right, yeah. let's narrow, let's narrow this scope. I was like, I'm just doing anime. Yep. Uh, I remembered one of my other picks too. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi as Kingsguard commander. Yeah. I could, Obi-Wan would honestly be good at law too. I think Obi-Wan would be very good at law. I don't think he'd be good. Strong at moral compass, strong moral compass. He wouldn't be good at hand though. No too uh, too much bullshit. Yeah. I mean, same reason he wasn't the best on the Jedi council either. Yeah. He doesn't, I'm, doesn't care for the politics. I don't think all that much either. Well, he was known as the negotiator, so Fair. I don't know if he cares for the internal politics as much as helping people externally. He'd be a good diplomat, right. but yeah. But anyway, let us know what you think. Let us know if you got uh, your own small council. Get at us in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Send us messages. Hope you enjoyed it. And until uh, next time, I'm Mike. And I'm Cody. And both of us are probably getting overthrown and we go down in history as some of the worst Kings ever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the trouble with game of Thrones. You can never win. Nope. (laughs) You either die a King or live long enough to see yourself killed by a member of your small council. (laughs) (laughs) Objection. capable of restraining yourself, or do you take pride in being an insufferable no-till?
We're gonna have to go right to ludicrous speed. That's it, man. Game over, man.